0: Thank you, Ron. Are we going to get that every night? Because I need to know. I, I'm going to have to transition somehow. It is so great to be back at Psyker. You know, it's always wonderful to be invited somewhere, but when you get invited back, that says something even more special. So I'm grateful for that and grateful for all of you. Um, I'm, I'm so thankful, Matt, for this invitation. I mean, Matt Brooks, right, he makes the presidency seem so easy, right? Just like Biden. He's just like him. Okay, now, now, there's like 12 ways you could interpret that statement. So whichever one makes you still like me, that's what I meant. But, but no, seriously, that, being an elected official is one of the hardest jobs in the world right now. Um, And I know, I used to work for one, and my daughter works in Washington, D.C. now. It's so complicated, I mean, the courage to put your name on the ballot, the courage to actually serve in elected office, that's what the Bible tells us, that we should be praying for them, especially in the hardest job on the planet. I'm still talking about Matt Brooks right now. Being president of this camp, and, and all that goes into that, all the expectations, you know, we, we come into life with so many expectations on people. And when they don't meet our expectations, we're all of a sudden an expert in what they are doing or what they should be doing. And then we sit around and talk with all of our friends who are experts over coffee, and, and, and all of a sudden, we, we hate the world. And, and it's a complicated place that we live in right now. And, and so I'm hoping that Camp Psyker is gonna be this place where you find great encouragement, where you actually have come to seek the Lord. It's, I'm so glad you're here tonight and it's clear that you've made these 10 days a priority in seeking God. And, and that's what I'm gonna do and you'll probably just hear me standing up here talking about my devotions and you just get to ride along on that journey with me. And, and so I'm, I'm grateful for it. I'm, I'm also grateful uh, to be able to share this time with my great friend, Burt Jones. Um, I was actually Burt Jones' youth pastor for a hot minute. I, um, I interned with his dad uh, when I was in college and did a summer youth pastorate in his church when he was in high school. And so I'm grateful for that. The last time I was here, Matt, Uh, Ryan Bash was the other evangelist, and he was one of the kids in my youth ministry. I'm not sure how many of you were kids in my youth, probably the 80-year-olds were in my youth ministry um, at some time, and and it's just so great. You have no idea how wonderful it is to see people who were part of your life in ministry going on and making a huge difference, whatever it is, full-time ministry, or in business, or in their families, whatever it is, and, and, and so it's gonna be a great time with the people who I get to share this experience with, not the least of which is all of you. So I'm grateful for that. All right, enough of that. I just arrived here actually this afternoon from a very long trip. It, it, was, it was actually even a very expensive trip. Um, I stopped at a gas station and filled up before I came. So, so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, There are so many complicated and challenging issues that we're all facing right now, right? I mean, whether it's inflation, um, whether it's the supply chain, whether it's baby formula, shortages, um, whatever the issues are in your own unique situation, they're challenging, and we need to be encouraged. I need to be encouraged this week, and I'm so thankful that the Bible's all about that. The Bible is all about giving us a clear picture of God and and understanding how that God continually connects and resonates with our life where we live in in real time. So with that in mind, and all of us needing encouragement, I'd like if you brought a Bible, I'd like you to turn to Psalm 19. If you have the Bible on your device, whatever you have with you, an iPad, an iPhone, another kind of phone, whatever it is. I'd like you to track along with me tonight on, on Psalm 19. And, and, and it's really one of the great places to start. I'm going to spend the next um, couple evenings, when I'm, when I'm in the evening, talking about a couple of the Psalms that I think will give you great encouragement. Now, tonight, I think Psalm 19 tells us something about who God is that God is perfect. He's perfect in so many ways. And hopefully with the Spirit's help, I'll lay a foundation tonight that'll set the table for the next 10 days for all of us as we seek God and ask him to do things for us. So just to make sure you get it, King David uh, authored at least 73 Psalms, maybe more, but at least 73 of them. And the Psalms were used for temple worship. They often were actually sung and led by a worship leader. Uh, the worship director in the temple. It's not much unlike today. And even though David was a shepherd boy and a warrior and a king, he was so much more than that. He was a prolific songwriter. And we get to read them all in the Psalms. He wanted his kingdom to know the one true God. And he wants us to know the one true God. And I, I don't know if he knew that this he was being inspired by the Spirit and that these words would last through centuries and generations. But here they are for all of us. Now, God wants us to know his perfection and yet before we can even start reading, we have to define that term. What does it mean to be perfect? It's, it's simple, without fault. That's it. No more than that. It means without any faults, so, you know, we can all find fault in people, can't we? We, we're all, we? we are actually professional fault finders. But with God, there is no fault. And with that, let's start the reading. We'll read a few verses and see if we can unpack them together. Psalm 19, verse 1, from the New International Version. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. And night after night, they display knowledge. And there is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. Now see, God is perfect men and women and his creation reveals it. That, that's what David is simply saying here. You can see him and understand a little bit about him just in looking at all that he has made. Now, when I was little, um, I'd sometimes, in the summer especially, go out into this little field that was across the street from our house in Findlay, Ohio and I'd lay there with one of my friends in the neighborhood and we'd just look up at the sky and see all of you know, the clouds and, and we'd try to figure out, you, maybe you did it, you know, the, what those shapes were. Oh, there's a bunny, oh, you know, there's a truck, you know, there's Aunt Martha, you know, all of those things in the sky. And it's interesting, it, it, we would also sometimes, when it was warm enough and not humid, We'd even take our sleeping bags outside, me and my brothers, in the backyard, and we would look up at the stars at night, truly amazed um, when you could see the constellations. And I took a team to Bolivia one time, and and in Bolivia at that time, they were having a water shortage, and a lot of their electric was hydro-powered, and so they would turn off all of the electric in certain parts of the country. And the, night, the last night we were there, um, there was a, a soccer field as part of this resort. And we went out and laid on this soccer field and there was not a glare anywhere on the planet. And we looked up into those stars. And when you're in the Southern Hemisphere in, in, the, in the summer, you are looking into the Milky Way, deep into it truly magnificent. I'm not sure what all we saw there, but I know it was amazing. You know, it's incredible that the Hubble Space Telescope that we sent up a few decades ago has, t- has informed us, listen, that there are possibly over a 100 billion galaxies. Now remember, I was just looking into the Milky Way, and this telescope is showing us 100 billion Galaxies, and yet they just have, have recently sent the James Webb telescope up there and began receiving pictures back from it, and now they're estimating that there's over 200 billion galaxies out there. There is absolutely no way any of us can wrap our head around that. And yet what's so amazing is Psalm 147 tells us that God made all the stars and He's named them all. He's named them all. I mean, I, can, I, I probably won't remember 25 names when I leave here. And he's named every star in over 200 billion galaxies. Now that's the bigness of God, and yet we can see him even in the finite creation as well. David says the heavens, the skies, the days, the nights, all speak of God's glory. The Bible doesn't seek to prove God's existence, men and women. David tells us that all creation is shouting it to everyone who wants to hear, to everyone who wants to know where all of this came from, perfect God. He says there's no speech or language where their voice is not here heard, you cannot go anywhere on the planet and not see the evidence of God's perfect creation. I went to college not far from here at the time, a little school called Circleville Bible College. Um, it's now Ohio Christian University, and, and we had a wonderful science professor there that gave up his tenure at Ohio State to teach all of us preacher wannabes. And, and he was so cool because he would get excited about science and the revelation of God. And he would say it all the time. Science is always declaring the glory of God. Now, his name was Harvey Berger, Dr. Harvey Berger. Now, I I always felt like they should name the building where he taught after him. The problem was he taught on the second floor of the cafeteria and they just were not gonna name that Burger Hall. They just weren't gonna do it. But he would always remind us and show us scientifically how all the intricacies of God and repeat it over and over again. Science is always declaring the glory of God. But long before modern science revealed those intricacies that we can see and experience long before science was discovering that there aren't just a few galaxies, but there are over 200 billion galaxies, long before we ever knew that, the psalmist David was pointing it out in worship songs. Worship songs that, frankly, we still sing today because of the psalms. I like this comment from American physicist Nobel laureate Arno Penzias. Listen to what he says. Physicist, I think is Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. That is, God reveals himself in all there is. All reality, to a greater or lesser extent, reveals the purpose of God. Now, first of all, I love it when a physicist, a Nobel laureate physicist, understands that he's not as smart as God. That's a beautiful thing. And he begins to understand that everything he's discovering points us to the existence and the purpose of the God who made us. Now when you dive deeper into the realities of the universe, you begin to see how everything lines up perfectly for our existence on this planet. So David continues, jump down to the second part of verse 4. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. See, Here the Holy Spirit-inspired song composer is pointing out an important contrast. Some in David's culture worshiped the sun. And David was pointing out to them that the sun isn't to be worshiped, its creator is to be worshiped. He pitched a tent for the sun. As magnificent as it is, the light of God created men and women a light for all humanity. That's you and me. And, And here's why this is important to you. And here's why this should be encouraging to you. So if you kinda checked out here for a minute, pick up your remote control, turn back from ESPN to my channel, and get this part right here. When you compare the perfect glory of God to all that he has created for us to enjoy, no world leader, No online bully, no pandemic, no financial downturn. Nothing has to rob us of our faith and our joy. Nothing. When you get your eyes on the glory of God and put all that's happening into the world into the perspective of how that relates to who he is, you can gain great strength in your spirit as you face those many fears and challenges. I have a couple friends in the Middle East. I go to the Middle East a couple times a year to do Christian leadership training. We handpick these people. And and Hasna and Ayub are a couple attorneys from a country I won't name since we're live streaming because I don't want to put them at any risk. And and Hasna and Ayub um, truly love the Lord and love Jesus. Only in the country that they're in, it's illegal for them to tell people who aren't Christians about that. And so they they can't even have a building of their own. And so Hasna and Ayub have been working diligently as attorneys with their government in an effort to try to get basic human rights for for Christians in their nation. And, And it's very risky for them. And yet at the same time that they're trying to do something that big, and that important, they're also the leaders of over 50 house churches. 50 house churches. And here they are with with all of these odds against them. And they are two of the most positive people in the world. They've actually already designed and, and have the architectural plans for leadership training centers that they plan to place all over their country because they believe that God is going to change the heart of their political leadership. They're that strong in believing. And and here's what they said. When we keep our eyes on the challenges and struggles, we doubt and fear and decline in energy and enthusiasm. But when we keep our eyes on the perfect God, they said, We are encouraged and empowered to maintain a strong faith. We're encouraged and empowered, they said, to dream big dreams. Now, men and women, this is what we get from the God who made and created everything. So if we look at the glory of God through the reality of creation, we're then blown away by this next part. Look at verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. I I just have to ask David, I mean, how many different ways can you say God's word? I mean, you've got laws and statutes and precepts and commands and ordinances. Here's the bottom line of what he wants you to know. God is perfect so his words can be trusted. Now listen, remember what we're talking about. We're putting all of this in the perspective of the tough challenges that are facing our world today, that are facing you as an individual today. And once we've established his perfection through creation, now we can be fully convinced that what he says is absolutely true and best for you and me, all of us. Now God's revelation, his words, and all speculation on right and wrong, good and bad, true and fake. It's his words that build the foundation of our life, and his words can be trusted. If the one who spoke these words was perfect, then the words are perfect as well, and therefore, listen, they can be trusted. Now with all of the debates that go on in the world today, in our culture and around, in in other countries, the bottom line of all of those, the foundational part of the arguments and debates that are taking place are the authority of God's word. Is this his revelation to you and me? Are these words his words? We've come to believe that they are, and that's why we teach them and preach them and and get our positions on social issues from them because perfect God has said them, and because perfect God has said them, we trust them. We believe them. And not only, he says, will your soul be revived if you believe in his laws, here's what what else he promises. Look at this. He says he'll make you wise. He'll give joy to your heart. He'll ke- help you see and understand understand things you've never heard before or understood before. So he speaks to your mind. He speaks to your spirit. <laughs> and he speaks to the way you live your life. All of that from his word. Now, once you've embraced the reality that the God who spoke these words is perfect, then you can then begin listening to his guidance with a faith that here it is, that it's all in your best interest. It's all because he loves you. Because men and women, seriously, I don't care how powerful God is if he doesn't love me. I don't care how amazing he is if he's not connected in some way to my life. I mean, all of those things are true about him, and what makes all of that amazing is that he loves me, that he loves you, and that these words he has given to all of humanity are because he cares deeply for humanity, and he's designed us all in a certain way to give us these words to guide us, and so David's inspired, and he goes all uh, poetic with these two analogies. God's commands are more pure than gold, and they're better tasting than honey straight from the honeycomb. Now, now, now think about that, because like us, people then appreciated the value of gold, and, and it was precious to them. And before sugar became the sweetener of choice, honey was used in the desserts that you wish your parents would have fed you first before everything else in the meal. David says... When you come to believe in the perfection of God's nature, you can appreciate fully the priceless value of his words. You can trust everything he's written for you is absolutely best for your life, your marriage, your family, your job, your friendships at school. All of those things put under the leadership of God's word will be blessed, he said, and best for your eternal existence. And since God is perfect, so are his laws. You know, I've often thought about this in terms of the expert witness that often is hired in some kind of a trial. And, you know, they they find this person with credentials, with education, with experience, And they bring them in and ask them all the tough questions relative to whatever it is that the case before the judge. And and because of their credentials and experience, they are believed. Because they have experience and they've been trusted and they've had the stamp of approval, whatever it is they're an expert on, they're believed. I like to think of God as the ultimate expert witness. I mean, he only speaks the truth. And not only does he speak the truth, here it is. He establishes what's true. He invents what's true. And he brought the world into being with purpose and promise, and he spoke in all creation formed, including you. His words can be trusted because he is all about the truth. But here's the thing. A lot of people believe in God. And a lot of people believe that his commands are good. Yet here's the thing that needs to translate into life. Believing means following. Believing means obeying. Believing means trusting that, in fact, these words are best and perfect for my life. Our problem is, we can be deceived. Look at verse 12. He continues, who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then will I be blameless, innocent of great transgression. And may the words of my mouth And the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You see, God is perfect, which means not only can his words be trusted, he's telling us that his words can also be followed in our life. Now, this is what Camp Syker is all about. It's all about building this foundation in your mind and in your heart for the rest of the things in your life. God doesn't want to just be part of your life, men and women. Now, now hear me now. I don't even think God wants to be number one in your life. I don't think He wants to be number one in your life. I mean, number one's just one thing on the page. No, no, God doesn't want to be number one, He wants to be the only one. He wants to be the whole page. And everything on the page should be geared toward the glory, declaring the glory of God. And that's why he gives you these commands, these precepts, these statutes. That's why he gives all of that to you so that you can live by them and therefore honor him with faith. Now, thinking about the perfection of God found in creation and the perfection of God revealed through his words, David realizes there's still a battle going on for his allegiance. Maybe you've been there. I mean, I know the right thing to do. What is wrong with me? Why am I messing this up? Well, it's interesting, but he offers two pillars of hope when you come to confess that reality he believes perfect God forgives imperfection. But then he also believes perfect God will help him overcome his imperfection and live a righteous life. That's what he prays for. Forgive my hidden faults. Not just the stuff everybody sees, but forgive the stuff only you see and know it's real. Forgive my hidden faults. It's how you discover, men and women, God's grace and God's mercy through humility and confession. Yet you know, We're not here at Camp Syker making this rocket science. We're laying it out before you because you yourself have discovered this. You yourself get mad at yourself because of your, you, you know this is the right thing to do, and yet you still don't do it. Or you know it's the wrong thing to do, and you still do it. You don't need Romans 7 to tell you that. You know it. Keep your servant from willful sins, he says, and may they not rule over me. It's the prayer he offers up to God for his power to say yes to his commands and no to temptation, David's praying it. I mean, why would he pray for that kind of help if he doesn't believe he can receive it from God? Why would he ask for something, therefore put in the inspired word of God for thousands of years for all of us to read later on, if in fact this prayer cannot be answered? Because it can be answered. He makes this declaration then. If you'll answer this prayer forgiving me and helping me to follow your commands, Lord, that he says this. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. You don't do that yourself. That's only been given to you as a gift from God. You can do all the nice things you could possibly think of to do. You can say all the nice things. You can can maybe uh, do the dishes for your mom and not smack your sister. But in the end, you know the reality of who you are, and only God can bring you to this place that David prays for and David achieves. When God answers his prayer for help, in trusting and living by God's commands, David finds, here it is, peace in his heart. Man, that's what we're all looking for. We're just looking for peace. Peace for today and peace for eternity. To know I'm right, righteous with God. It's the great encouragement trifecta. I mean, here's what he says. We can know his commands. We can be forgiven for our failures. And he will help us live by his commands. Isn't that great news? I I, I get fired up about it. Y'all can sit there and just mind your own business. I'm just up here having a good time. If the world that pressures us causes us to think even for a moment that we should abandon our faith, God listens to our prayers if we'll offer them to him, and helps to strengthen our faith. Now let me tell you where this probably can be at least shown as evidence, as part of a bigger pile of evidence, but let me just give you one thing. Recent studies have been done in the recidivism rates of male inmates in prison. Now listen, 60% of male inmates in prison who studied the Bible and were part of a Bible study group in prison, 60% of those men never get arrested for another crime. 60% of them, over half. And they explain that it's the power of God's word and the power of God's spirit within them that helps them to say yes to his commands and no to the temptations that come into their life. They've discovered this reality. God can be trusted. And that can change who you are. Now, I'm not suggesting that we all go to prison to become spiritually strong, so relax. But it makes the point. God's perfect commands are not unattainable. They are attainable. And they are meant to be believed and trusted and followed in your life, and he helps us to do it. And David gives us the prayer to pray to fully experience God's perfection in our lives, and it's with this verse that we're gonna try to land this plane for tonight. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. See, that's what I'm praying for every day, but I'm especially praying for that kind of transformative work to be done in my mind and my heart at Camp Syker these next 10 days. I hope that's what you're hoping for as well, that it's why you keep coming every year, or even if this is your first year, you're not here by accident. God wanted you to hear this incredible story of encouragement, and maybe now, maybe later tonight, be a great time to go lay in the yard and look at the stars and declare the glory of God in all of his creation and then go to your cottage or your room or your dorm and crack open Psalm 19 again and pray the prayer with David. Look, I've messed up. Forgive me and help me with the power of your spirit to live my life according to your commands. Look, men and women, your sins can be forgiven. Your failures can be wiped clean, washed away. This is what he offers. It's why he sent Jesus. You know, your failure and sin was so important to God. He wanted so much to wash you of that and give you a fresh start in a new identity, the identity he intended for you to have all along, that he left heaven itself and put on your flesh. And he died on the cross so you wouldn't have to if you just put your faith in him. This is what David experienced, and then this is what God ultimately brought to the world through Jesus. He offers that to you tonight. So what are you doing here? Why are you here? Now, I mean both. Why are you here, period, and why are you here? Because God's voice in creation, in his word, and in his spirit wanted to speak to you about how much he loves you and how much he wants to change you into the person he created you to be. And so that's why this moment is important. At the end of the, every one of these messages that you'll sit through, and back in the youth tabernacle and the children's tabernacle, everywhere you are, it, does, it isn't just for you to sit there and go, oh, wow, nice talk. Nice talk. That was a good one. You know, and that's not why we're here. We're here so you'll respond to what you've heard. We're here so you'll respond to the word of God into your heart, mind, and life. And so that's why we have these altar benches up here. It's a part of your opportunity to say, God, I'm gonna step out and I'm gonna come before you and I'm gonna pray for two things tonight. First, I'm gonna pray for myself that you would awaken me to the failures in my life because you've shown me how much you love me and you've shown me that you are going to forgive me and I just want that in my heart. But I want you to pray number two, I want you to come down here and pray that God would do amazing things in this place this week. That God would use this space and these places to truly transform our hearts, and your heart and your mind. And so as we sing as we always do at the end of a camp psycher service we offer this opportunity not out of habit or tradition we don't find our personal identity or self-worth as preachers by the numbers that come rather we say to you look response to God's word is what this night is all about and this moment is critical what will you do with this great encouragement trifecta. What will you do with this forgiveness, this truth, and this opportunity for your life to declare the glory of God? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, right now, in this moment, I'm asking your voice to be the voice everyone hears. Speak into our hearts, Lord, and and help us to know what we're supposed to do in response to your word right now. Oh God, I pray that you will help men and women seek your face, that you would help men and women receive your forgiveness, and that you would transform us into the image of perfect God as we go into the world to love like you love, to give like you gave, and to serve like you served. That's what we want, but it starts with humility confession, forgiveness. Help us to receive that tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. You pray your own prayer, sitting right there. It's the first way to respond. You pray your own prayer in this moment, right where you're sitting. Somehow, speak to God what it is you need to pray to him.
1: You are beautiful beyond description to Come on let's stand
0: let's sing with Ron and if God's speaking in your heart I know he is Come here and pray for those two things
1: for yourself
0: and for what God will do this week in this space I invite you to come like and cry out to him
1: ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? Who can fathom the depths of your love? You are beautiful beyond description, majesty enthroned above and i stand i stand in all of you i stand i stand in awe of you holy god to whom all praise Listen,
0: if God's going to do anything in your life and in this camp this week, it's going to be because we cried out for it, because we wanted it, because we cared enough to ask him for it. Come on, use this space. Use your space and pray to him for transformation in your life and transformation in the lives of people who share this camp with you. Pray to Him. Cry out to Him. Use this altar, and let's ask Him to change us and honor His name. Come on, let's pray. Of you.
1: you are beautiful beyond description, too marvelous for words. Too wonderful for comprehension Like nothing ever seen or heard Who can grasp your infinite wisdom Who can fathom the depths of your love You are beautiful beyond description, majesty enthroned above. Come on, let's worship him. Sing it out. And I stand, I stand stand in 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 awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you holy god to whom all praise is due i stand in awe of you and i stand i stand in awe of you i stand Holy God, to whom all praise is due, I
0: stand in awe of you. Perhaps you'd like to join someone praying here, or just come yourself. Uh, that would be great. This is what it's all about. Calling out to him and allowing his word and spirit to transform our minds and hearts. I can't, I can't wait to hear Bert preach. Bert can't wait to hear you preach and deliver to us more and more of what God wants to do and speak into our lives. Lord Jesus, this is your place. This is your space. And these are your hearts. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would convince us that you are indeed perfect, that you can be trusted that your words are for our benefit and that our lives can be lived by your commands. Lord, show us that, convince us of that this week and and improve our hearts, do heart surgery on us, rip our hearts out and replace them with hearts for God. And we pray this so Jesus will be lifted up and everyone will be drawn to him. and his name we pray, amen. If you need to go, go quietly. If you want to pray, you're welcome to. Um, but use this time to respond to what God said to you tonight.